Welcome to the Watching World podcast, a podcast of abundant life whose mission is to see lives changed by Jesus and whose vision is to be living proof of a loving God to a watching world. I'm your host, Les Norman. We are so excited that you're joining us today. Thank you for tuning in. And our guest back for more in part two of our Get to Know You, Stephen Branch, is joining us. And uh, in part one, if if you're joining us and you haven't heard part one, you need to hit the pause button. You need to go back and you need to, to check out part one because this is an amazing story. And for years of being in ministry and working with so many different people, Stephen being one of them, I've heard so many people say, hey, do you know Stephen's story? You got to hear Stephen's story. And different people that some knew each other, some didn't, would say the same thing over and over. It was this crazy theme. And so when we started doing the podcast, the first thing after we knew there was a get to know you part of the podcast, I, I got to have Stephen come in. I mean, you were my first guy, Stephen, just an amazing, wonderful story. God's fingerprints have been all over you. And to give you just a little synopsis, and I'm going to let the man, the myth, the legend, Stephen Branch come in here in just a second. But Stephen shared with us, um, you know, he's talked about how long he's been at AL, but he, we, we talked about growing up Stephen Branch. Uh, he was kicked out of his house by his dad when he was 11. Um, his mom came out as gay while they were watching a, a Jerry Springer episode, Living in Liberty with his mom's friend. And he moved to Independence. Um, there was a, a church, uh, Northeast Baptist in, in North Independence, um, invited him over and they were memor- pseudo-memorizing scripture, but they were like getting candy and there were girls there and all that. So it, it actually ended up being a vacation Bible school that they were going to. Then he got this gold trim book. He thought it was the Bible. He thought it was real gold, which any kid would. I remember picking up fool's gold thinking, I'm going to take this home, man. We're going to be rich. I'm going to buy me a new car. And I'm 10. I don't know how to drive, but yeah, I, I just remember that. And through the time, Youth Pastor Dale McClung was working with the kids and Stephen, because he got the affirmation from the girls and the laughter, just kept making fun of of Dale. And then one day there were four people on a Wednesday stormy night and he had heard Revelation 118. Stephen, Revelation 118 says what? Yeah, so this is the verse that changed my life for sure. Revelation 118, for I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And hold the keys to death and Hades. And that's where God got a hold of my heart because I knew that was my destination. Hades, hell, that was where I was going if I didn't uh, change something in my life. And uh, that night, accepted Christ, my personal Lord and Savior, went upstairs, told the people about it, went nuts. And I would love to tell you that that life for Stephen was rainbows and butterflies after that, but that's not always the case in, in anyone's life. Well, what you said in part one on our, on our last podcast, you'd said that Dale said something to you after you said, I think I need to get saved. What did he tell you? Because this is a guy you've been making fun of, open publicly, just ripping on. And what did he say to you? Yeah. When I walked up to him and I told him, hey, I need to get saved tonight. He looked at me and said, you have no idea how long we've been praying for you to say that. Mm. That's faithfulness, man. That's authentic Christianity. So you go upstairs, you're with the adult group, and they're hooping and hollering. You're getting more affirmation. I mean, after this childhood of, of pain and frustration and not feeling safe, we talked a lot about that in part one of, of the Get to Know You with Stephen Branch. So take us to the point now where you're, you're saved. Did someone come into your life at this time and kind of started mentoring you or being a, a part of your life? Yeah, so accepted Christ and started going to the church regularly. Uh, so John Tucker was the pastor of the church, and he had a son by the name of Matt Tucker, 
And for whatever reason, Matt took a liking to me and uh, just decided early on that he was going to spend time with me and help me grow and help me uh, kind of learn what it looks like to be a Christian, what it learns to be a man. And he would invite me on Sundays to come spend time with his family, take me out to lunch and let me spend time with his his kids, uh, would spend time with his wife. And, and for me, man, going and spending time with them was incredible because I saw something different, right? I saw something new that I mm. hadn't really seen sure. in my life growing up. And those lunches on Sunday would then turn into, hey, you want to come over on Sunday afternoon and just hang out, maybe watch a Chiefs game or just chill at his house. And I remember going over to his house and thinking, man, this is new, right? Like, things What did were, you notice? Things were clean, right? Things were quiet. And growing up in my house, like we had roaches, right? And, and our house was dirty. Our roaches were so bold that they would come out during the daytime, right? And they would just be crawling on the wall, like looking wow. and, and like mocking us because generally roaches only come out at night and they did. I'll tell you this story real quick. Oh boy. So in the summertime, we would go down and we would have like these bags of cereal. We would be hungry. So the parentals are in bed and we go down, we go into the kitchen and we turn on the lights and roaches would scatter and part like the Red Sea. Wow. Honestly, you can't believe it unless you see it. And then we get the cereal out and go figure, roaches all up in the cereal. So uh, what do you do? You just pick those suckers out and you just go on your oh, well. I'm just joking. I'm, oh just, boy. Kidding. I'm just kidding. That's, that's the real part. Probably got pitched. In short, the cleanliness and the quietness was, was a big difference from where I grew up. Was there a difference in just kind of how they got along? How oh, they yeah. loved each other, respected each other. Oh, yeah, no doubt. And and listen, everybody has their issues, but in oh, public, yeah, right? Definitely. In public, if they had a disagreement, they didn't just scream and yell at each other. Not in my house. If somebody disagreed with you, they not on. only they not only told you about it, but you heard about it, right? They yeah. they they let you know about it. So that those are some things that I that I noticed right away. Man, these, these folks are different. And man, I, I want to be a part of this a lot more. So then uh, they started to let me cover, come over on the weekends, right? And spend like Saturday night with them and go to church with them on Sunday. So one thing leads to another. And I'm thinking, man, I, like I'm not learning a whole lot in school. So I ask them, hey, what would it look like if I went to a private school? Because part of their family members went to private school. Charity sister, Matt's wife, she went to Tri-City. And I thought, man, what would it look like if I went to Tri-City? Nah. They're like, you went last two weeks in Tri-City, right? So I'm like, okay. <laughs> There's some wisdom on you. Yeah. But there was a, Matt's, one of Matt's best friends, Jake Cates, was the athletic director, Love gym Jake. teacher uh, yeah. up at SCA. Charity's mom was a second grade teacher at SCA. So we started kicking around this idea of going to SCA, Summer Christian Academy. So I go on my interview to Summit Christian Academy, right? And I'm talking to these folks and they're trying to see if, if I'm going to be a good fit for their school. One thing led to another. I shared my story, and they eventually let me, they accepted me as one of their students. Uh, they gave me a 50% scholarship, and they're going to let me come. And I still lived in North Independence, so I had to drive from North Independence to Lee Summit, which is like a half an hour drive. Mm -hmm. And I had no way to get there. So Matt and Charity gave me this little red Acura Integra. Come on. It was a stick shift, okay? I had no clue how to drive a stick shift. So I had Dude, to for your For your first vehicle, man, you're pretty styling a little bit oh, there. Oh, it was like this little sporty car. I think it was like a 92, Yeah, but I didn't care. It was like 2004. Who, who gives a rip? It's a free car, right? You're getting A to B in a free car. So the plan was set. I was going to start going there my junior year, 
I had a car to get from Independence to, to Lee Summit. So this was the summer before my junior year. We're at a vacation Bible school, no less. And there was this other girl that went to our church and she had this sporty blue Mustang. And I'm a guy, right? And she thinks that her car is faster and better than my car. Well, how dare she? That's what I thought. <laughs> so one night after VBS, uh, we decided we're going to race. So my brother John was with me and he was supposed to get in the car with me. But he was a bigger flirt than me, so he was. He wanted to stay back and talk to some girls. I'm like, okay, well, I got to go. Now, we only live down the street. Why I'm driving to church anyways is, is a moot point, but I did it anyways. Free car. Absolutely. It's showing off, right? So there's this back backside street behind the church, and we're just we're cruising, and it starts to rain. She's in front of me. I'm like, well, this can't stand. Like, okay, my pride's oh, on Oh, boy. You see it coming. It's a two-lane road. I get into the other lane, and I just floor it past her. Okay, well, we're coming up on this one-lane bridge. So only one car's fitting through there. So I've got a decision to make. I can either slow down, take a hit to the pride, get in behind her, and we can just safely go through uh, this little awning, this bridge, or— Or live it down and— you try to live down the fact that she beat you. Oh, that would be awful. What is going through your mind at this time? I mean, are you thinking this could not end well? I'm thinking I'm going to win. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm not losing this. Right. So I floor it past her. And I get in front of her. I get through this one-lane bridge. But I'm going so fast, I can't make the curve to the right to stay on the street. So I go straight. I go underneath this little awning by this building. I go over another street, plow through this fence, and I run into a back of an old school Chevy pickup truck with a big metal bumper. And the whole right corner of my car, the front right corner of my car, completely caves in. So who the was supposed to be side. with The passenger side. The passenger side. Who was supposed to be with me? Yeah. Your brother was supposed to be in the car. With, and he would he have survived No that? doubt he would have died. Oh. No doubt in my mind. Were you hurt? I had like a scrape above my eye. I wasn't wearing my seatbelt. So oh my this just proves that there's God's grace that will ultimately help save you. All over it. So I remember thinking, holy smokes, I've got to fix this. So the people that I was racing, there was a few other people in the crowd. Like, We've got to push this car out of here and go set it in front of a light pole, right? Like at this point. Covering up the sin a little bit here. I, I'm and... trying to just fix things, right? Sure. The disaster has hit. I'm trying to mitigate it. We couldn't move it. So I, I come to the realization that I've got to call Matt at this point, the guy that gave me the car. And I'm dreading it. More so than calling my mom. Right. Like I'm dreading calling Matt. Well, this is a guy that took you in. Right. This is a guy that has loved you. Right. Um, got you to a different school, gave you a free car. Yes. Someone you look up to, this this father figure, because you still have a dad, but you haven't seen him, right? Right. Oh, absolutely. Right. So I call Matt and he comes to the scene and I'm expecting him to just lay into me. Like, give me the business. You deserved it. Oh, no doubt. Oh, my goodness. Definitely. I, if, if it was Asher, <laughs> I don't know what I would have done. So he gets there and he just grabs me by the shoulders and he looks at me, hey, hey, are you okay? Are you okay? And I go, yeah, I'm okay. And then he gives me the biggest hug and he mm. says, hey, we're going to figure this out. It's, it's all going to be okay. You didn't expect that at all, did you? Not a chance. Wow. N nor did I deserve it. But man, he just loved me in the midst of a bad situation. He made it better, right? Where have we seen this kind of love before? Oh, yeah. 
Love from the father, baby. That's it. Unbelievable. Yeah. In that gold trim million dollar that you thought gold trim Bible. That's right. I mean, that's the love of Jesus right there. That's right, man. I just remember in that moment, man, I didn't deserve that. And mind you, I'm, I'm saved at this point. Mm-hmm. Okay. But once again, God is just showing me, this is how much I love you. Okay. So this is how much Matt loves you. Just imagine how much more I love you. Right. Yeah. So, well, he definitely spared your life in that. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. So now I'm without a car. I'm like, how am I going to get there? Well, then Matt and Charity started talking about the possibility of me moving in with them, like permanently, Mm. like moving out of my aunt's house where my mom was living and like eight other people to moving with them in their house. They had just moved up to Lee Summit. So we go to my mom. We talk to her. I don't know how or why, but she approves it. She says yes. So I move in that summer with Matt and Charity. And for the first time in my life, I have my own bedroom. Wow. And it's a nice bedroom. They got it decked out. There's a bed in there that's actually on a bed frame. There's blankets, sheets, the whole nine. And not only that, but I have kind of like my own bathroom down there where we were in like the basement area. Mm-hmm. And not just a, uh, an AC wall unit in one room in the house? Oh, no, man. We had central air for sure. Yeah. For sure. It was nice. No doubt. So I'm thinking, man, this is awesome. I don't know if you can remember this or not, but, but just describe that first night. You're, you're in with this new family. You've got your own room. You've got your own space. But more importantly, you see this first part of your life. We talked about in, in part one of your 11 and all these traumatic and difficult things are happening to you. They're definitely going to scar you. I mean, I can remember vivid details. I can almost remember smells of a horrible childhood in places that I was in. And now you're in a place where you are being unconditionally loved. You are being accepted and just lavished with love and love. Sure, it's a bedroom, but it's love. Sure, it was a car, but it's love. Sure, it was, I've been making fun of this youth pastor all this time. And yet, instead of saying, well, it's about time, he says, buddy, we've been praying for you. You have no idea how long we've been praying for you and waiting for you to say that. I mean, it's just God's love is starting to hit you between the eyes on a consistent basis. So I'll tell you that that, that first night, one word. I just felt this peace, right? Like it was calm, it was quiet, it was safe. Just this peace, man. I felt, man, this just feels right. And from that moment forward, and I think even before that, they just treated me like I was one of their own. Like nothing was withheld from me. Anything anybody else got, I got. It's a special family. Oh my goodness, man. They're family to this day. I mean, they're mom and dad to me. They're Mimi and Pappy to my kids. And I I don't know where I would be without them for sure. My life would be somewhere different, more than likely. God's grace is sufficient, right? But he used this family to step into my life at the right time to completely change it. So start going to SCA. And before that, I didn't have like school supplies. So Charity took me to Walmart, got me some clothes, got me some a backpack and some school supplies so I can go to SCA. I'll remember that's my first day there, right? I'm a city kid rough around the edges. So talk about culture shock. So it's not only culture shock um, academically because I came from Van Horn, Kansas City School District, but it's a culture shock socioeconomically, emotionally. Yeah. Dude, it's just different, right? Right. So second hour, algebra two. I don't even know if I took algebra one. <laughs> Kid you not. No. <laughs> no clue. Oh, no. So algebra two, I'm sitting there and this girl walks in with two of her friends. I look around, I look back, I go, wow, are you kidding me? It's just the most beautiful girl I've ever seen in my life. I kid you not. So there were three seats left. 
two that were by each other on the other side of the room, and then one to my left. Oh, yeah. We know which one you're taking. One to my left, right? So this girl, she tells her two friends to go sit by themselves, and she comes over, and she sits next to me. Oh, okay. She had nowhere else to go, right? So I'm thinking, this is awesome. Man, God, you are real (laughs) for sure now. (laughs) So I'll never forget, man. I would just talk to her. Because, like, the teacher would give us time after she gave her lesson to do her homework. So I would just talk to her the whole time. She didn't want anything to do with me. I ignored her to the point where she asked the teacher if she could move. She moves to the table behind me. But did that stop me? No. Uh -uh. (laughs) So then all I had to do was just turn around at this point and ask her for a pencil or a pen or a piece of paper. Well... Long or the short well, of it. Well, there were pencils and pens and pieces of paper in your backpack. Oh, in my backpack. Absolutely. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. No doubt. Charity would never let me go to school without my supplies. Sure. So long story short, this is Kelsey. Kelsey Brown was her maiden name. And I just, I remember getting into the tr- match truck at the end of the, the my first day. And lo and behold, here comes Kelsey because I got to leave after seventh hour. She's walking across the street to uh, her class. And I go, Matt, that girl right there. Most beautiful girl I've ever seen in my life. I kid you not. (laughs) So long story short, it gets to the end of the year and it's junior, senior prom. Well, she's a sophomore, so she can't go unless she's asked by an upperclassman. Everything is just falling in your favor now. unbelievable. I'm a junior, right? So I'm like, this is money. So I asked her if she'd go to prom with me. She said I had to ask her dad. So I asked her dad. Her dad said yes. Reluctantly, of course, because I was the kid in the stands that just hoot and hollered during sports games. He he probably thought I was the craziest kid on the planet. So I broke her down. That's a great way to put it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I, I broke her down. Yeah. Kelsey Brown was broken. Yeah. So she goes to prom with me and, you know, one thing leads to another. We start to talk more and more. Uh, we start to get more serious. And it was uh, the summer uh, before my freshman year of college. So... About a year and a half later, I asked her to be my girlfriend, really cheesy way. I gave her my class ring on her porch. It was really romantic. Hey, so. it's what it's what we do, man. <laughs> That's right. So she said yes and uh, went off to college, uh, going to Baptist Bible College uh, to get my degree in youth ministry and Bible. And she ends up going to SBU. Then she moves over to Missouri State. We're getting serious at this point. We've been dating for about three years or two and a half years at this point. And I proposed to her Christmas time in 2008. Praise the Lord. She says yes, because I would have been devastated. We Hallelujah. Get, we get married in 2009, uh, August the 1st. So we just celebrated 11 years of marriage this past August. Congrats, buddy. Thank you so much. And we're living in Springfield. I'm about to graduate college. I start putting out resumes and uh, I graduate college. This church in St. Louis, they get my resume off of youthspecialties.com. Go figure. Never would have thought that. So I go to this. Fingerprints. Yeah. No, it's it's crazy, man. It's unreal. So I go to this church in St. Louis. Uh, We spend three years there. Love every minute of it. St. Louis is a crazy town, but it was an, an awesome experience. So I was there for three years. I get a call in October of 2013. Lance was on the other end. So I met Lance when I first started going to Abundant Life. He Lance was, Harrington. Lance Harrington. He was my mentor. The guy, man, like really helped me hone in on my faith. <clears throat> he would spend every Tuesday, my senior year with me, in his office, just chatting life, just talking about, hey, Stephen, the, how is life going? What decisions are you making? How can I help you? How can I pray for you? So he was a big, big, big 
part of my life uh, when I moved to Lee Summit. And he he continued to be when I was in St. Louis. So he calls me. He goes, hey, would you consider coming up and interviewing for the middle school pastor position? And I go, yeah, for sure. I go out and I tell Kelsey, she starts crying, right? Not because she doesn't want to go, but man, she we loved our life in St. Louis. You, you get you get comfortable, yeah, you get settled, for sure. For sure. But God, God's making a call, right? So we end up uh, coming up interviewing. They offer us, and we say yes. And man, telling my first church that I was at, and telling my pastor who took me in, mentored me, showed me how to study the Word of God, to tell him, man, that was one of the hardest things I've had to do. And then telling the church, hey, I'm leaving. Man, I was bawling. Right. But it's what but, God but, wanted, right? When, yeah, when God calls you. You, you got to answer, you right? You do, you do. It's tough, but you got to answer it. So I came up here, was in the student ministry uh, for about six years, transferred out, went to groups, and then I started talking to Lance early part of this year. And he, he put a bug in my ear. Hey, what, what would you think about going to Independence? And being the campus pastor out there, I'm like, heck no. <laughs> Thanks for your honesty. <laughs> My wife was like, oh, heck no. Yeah. Right? She was like, no way. I love where we're at. We're in a great groove. Um, we're doing really well. We're healthy and all this stuff. Well, a few months pass on, COVID hit, so everything gets shut down. And he approaches me again in, in May. And he goes, hey, Stephen, remember our conversation Hey, we're moving on this thing. What do you think? And I started thinking about it more, started getting a little, little bit more jacked up, like, okay, God, what are you doing here? Fingerprints. This is the second time here. And I'm thinking, okay, let me talk to Kels. And I talked to Kelsey, and God had been softening her heart. Mm, the we, whole time. We had been discipling this couple, Josh and Megan Ingold, and uh, we were talking about the, the parable of the talents where the, the landowner went away and he gave his servants talents, one, mm -hmm. five, one, two, one, one. And the, and the guy with one buried it. And that's when Kelsey really started to get burdened and really start to see a vision for independence. And she was like, Stephen, honestly, I don't want to be the reason why God can't use your talents where he could use you. Wow. I don't, I don't want to get in the way of that. So if, if this is where you feel like God is calling you and calling our family, let's go, let's do it. Wow. That's so awesome. I told Lance and like that one thing led to another, we started to, run through the process of kind of interviewing for the position and for the role and, and really started to dream about what could be. And we're going back. Like we're going back to independence where, where God got a hold of my heart. The circle's complete. And the circle, we're coming full circle with this yeah. whole thing. And that's just God's grace, Well, right? that circle, it's not over with, but no. that's just that yeah, circle. We're, we're there. Now it's time to create something else, right? Absolutely. Um, but man, we're excited. I can't tell you how excited we are to go back and to minister to the folks in that community and minister to people that are a lot like me whenever I was growing up. I can see the story. I can read the story. I can tell the story, right? So great folks that are there already. We've had an opportunity to get to get to meet and, and get to know some great people there. So God's going to do some things. I'm telling you right now, like it's on. Yeah. We're running, we're gunning. So if you live in independence, if you know anybody that lives in independence, if you want to see that community change for Christ, jump on board and let's go reach this community with the gospel and expand God's kingdom. Absolutely. Amen to that. Stephen Branch, the Independence Campus Pastor. But uh, again, you can go to uh, livingproof.co, Abundant Life website, find out more information or just call up and you can find out more about that. Stephen, 
I've got two questions to ask you, and you're built like me, and this is not what I'm trying to elicit, but you and I are both emotional dudes. We, we, can, we can wear our emotions on our sleeve because I think one of the things, many things I've learned about you is that you're, you're real. Um, you have, over the years, honored your bride publicly. You've done it here. Uh, you've done it as a youth pastor. You've done it as the, the head of groups. You, you're doing it as the Independence Campus pastor. Just tell me what Kelsey means to you. She honestly, she's the better half, really. Like we are yin and yang. Um, I'm I'm more emotional based. She's really fact based. So where I can get out and get emotional, she stays level headed and gets logical. Yeah. And I can't tell you how much I appreciate that about her because she really does keep me straight. And she's not afraid to tell me the truth. Like she will get up in my grill and say, hey, listen. What is it about godly discerning women that this gift has been it's given unreal. to them? And it's awesome. It and is. I it's need, amazing. I need that. Uh, but man, she is a great mom. I'll tell you, I, I couldn't have asked for a better mom for our kids. I mean, she has patience with them. She loves them like you wouldn't believe. And man, she loves me. There's no doubt about that. I never have to roll over and wonder, man, does my wife love me? Man, does she care about me? Because it's evident in how she treats me and how she cares for me. And it's evident how she gives me truth, right? I love that. It is unloving not to tell somebody the truth. It's unloving. Mm. It is more loving to tell somebody when they're wrong than when to, than to coddle them and make them feel better about themselves. Yeah. That's good. That's really good, Stephen. Okay, final question before we wrap this up. And again, if you just listened to this, part two of the Watching World podcast featuring Stephen Branch, our Get to Know You segment, go back and listen to number one and then re-listen to to part two here. Uh, truly an amazing story, what God has done and is continuing to do in Stephen's life. But this is kind of the the consistent theme all the way through it, coming full circle, seeing God's fingerprints. When, if you were to, not the physical part, but if you were to have a mirror in this room right now, and you were just looking at where you started, where God's brought you, tell me what you see. Oh man, that's a really deep question, Les. It is. And and there's pause for effect. Okay. <laughs> for sure. So really, I see God's grace. Yeah. Honestly, it's God's grace. And if, if I were looking in a mirror and talking to me let's say 10 years ago, 15 years ago, this is what I would say. Hey, don't be afraid to be wrong, okay? Don't be afraid to be wrong and, and be corrected and be given feedback. 90% of the people in our lives that give us feedback do it because they love us and because they care for us. And the other 10%, they're just the 10%, right? Yeah. And when people tell you something, don't argue against it. Don't fight against it. Don't defend yourself in it because it doesn't do you any favors and it doesn't give the person you're saying it back to any, any it doesn't do them any favors either because it's going to tell them, okay, I'm trying to give this person feedback because I care about them, but they're not listening. So I'm not going to do that again, right? So when somebody's giving you feedback and they're trying to help you be a better version of yourself, Matt Bartle taught me this. Mm -hmm. So he, he, incredible man of God. He, he said, Stephen, listen, nine out of the 10 people in your life give you feedback because they care about you. And here's how I know this, he told me, because it would be easier for them not to say anything. That's way easier. Sure. So if somebody's giving you feedback, don't fight it, don't argue it, just listen. And at the end of it, say, hey, you know what? Thank you. Thank you for that feedback. I really appreciate it. And then he said, take it a step further. Bring them in as an ally and ask them, hey, would you do me a favor? Could you kind of keep an eye on that? 
And can we circle back in a couple of weeks, a couple of months and, and, and see how I'm doing? Mm, that's good. Because now you've gained an ally where once you've, you had somebody who was giving you some tough feedback and maybe like somebody that you can look at like a villain or somebody that's opposing you. But now you can look at somebody who is an ally that's going to help you be a better version of you. And that's the, that's the grace of God all, all day long. Absolutely. Well, Stephen, thank you so much, both for part one and part two. Thanks for sharing your time. Thanks for sharing your story. And most importantly, uh, thanks for being living proof, man, because by, by sharing the story and, and being real, it's going to help a lot of people see God's work in their own life, the, the grace of God, the full circle. And, and for those out there, well, let me just say thank you first, Stephen. It's great to have you here, man. My pleasure, man. man. Thanks for having me. Seriously, Absolutely. I appreciate it. And it's been great. I've learned a lot from you and seeing how you work in ministry, working together. Uh, so it's I'm just really thankful you were here. And, and again, as soon as we knew we were going to do a get to know you, Stephen Branch was my very first thought. So thanks for being here, no dude. No problem. Thanks, man. A- absolutely. And so for those of you out there, as you listen to Stephen's story, and I, I highly recommend you go back and check out part one uh, so you can you can really get the full story of parts one and two in our Get to Know You segment on Watching World podcast. Understand that God, if you're looking, if you're willing to look, God is going to put people in your life. God does love you even when you're in difficult situations. Stephen grew up in a very difficult, to- toxic environment. I grew up in that toxic environment. But that doesn't mean that there's no hope. That doesn't mean that God can't use you to do amazing things. So if there are people in your life, you know, maybe give them a thank you. Give them a, hey, you did this for me. Hey, uh, way back then when I didn't feel loved, you loved me. But just remember, uh, God is always setting that up for us in our lives. And it is going to be very evident if you're looking for it. So, uh, again, thanks for listening to the Watching World podcast. If you need uh, more information about Abundant Life, you can visit us online at livingproof.co. If there are ministries, uh, next steps, ways to serve, just go to livingproof.co. For my guest, Stephen Branch, I'm Les Norman. Thank you so much for joining us right here on the Watching World podcast.